This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is the Reset Podcast. In this part of the country, butterfly lovers watch for the monarch butterfly's characteristic orange and black wings to mark the summer's return. If you're missing them this year, well, you're not alone. Many Chicagoans are noticing they're seeing fewer and fewer of these migratory insects. And last week, the International Union for Conservation of Nature declared the monarch endangered and added the insect to its red list of threatened species. Joining us is Alan Lawrence, the Associate Curator of Entomology at the Peggy Notabart Nature Museum. What's your initial reaction to the news that the monarch butterfly is officially endangered? Yeah, um, a, a little startling because this is honestly it's our beloved monarch, and it's one of our most widespread butterflies found throughout the state, but honestly kind of saw it as a matter of time um, since there was an effort to try and list the monarch under the Federal Endangered Species Act, and it was found to be warranted but precluded. There were other priorities, so in a few years, maybe it'll be reevaluated um, for that. So for this effort, it it made sense. Yeah, so the monarch butterfly, as you mentioned, it's this state's official insect. What are you and your colleagues seeing locally? Like, are you noticeably seeing fewer monarchs here than in past summers? Yeah, so for monarchs, it's kind of a complicated story. This year, we had noticed fewer monarchs earlier on, but we are seeing quite a bit now, and we know that because through the museum, we run a program called the Illinois Butterfly Monitoring Network, where we train community scientists to go out and monitor local populations of butterflies on natural areas near where they live. But we are seeing their numbers kind of rebound this season. We won't really know how they did this year till the end of the year when all the surveys are in and we can tabulate up the data. Um, but what's complicated is that we are in the heart of their summer breeding range here. Year over year, we can see wide fluctuations in their population numbers, and we're not seeing necessarily a decline here. However, there's undeniably a decline in their overwintering population. So all the monarchs at the end of the season here will fly down to Mexico where they overwinter on uh, fir trees on mountaintops. And if that population at some point reaches some threshold where there's too few of them to rebound, then it could possibly collapse. So that's the problem. Oh, so so dig further in here. Warning signs that you've noticed the past few years that we were heading in this direction. Yeah, well, definitely the numbers of butterflies that are shown in Mexico continue to decline. Now, the reasons for listing it on this red list are that some of those causes of decline are well known. So we have issues like loss of habitat, reduction of milkweed, 
um, but also weather patterns and climate change. And so we are seeing continual declines, and these um, causes of declines aren't necessarily going to go away. So that's what warranted their listing. Why do you think the U.S. hasn't added the monarch to its endangered species list? Yeah, so the the U.S. Uh, decided that it was warranted. However, we have a lot of species that are in need of protection. So with limited resources, there just wasn't enough available to list the monarchs now. So it is now on a list of candidate species that will be evaluated every year with a more in-depth evaluation about every four, five years. Mm-hmm. And in 2024, they're going to propose to relist it, so or to list it. So we'll see what happens then. Do you think that's soon enough, 2024? Yeah, I don't know. I think some of the the issues we're facing are big, widespread issues. I mean, their habitat, at least for this eastern population that goes to Mexico, is really across the Midwest and up into Canada. So any solutions are probably going to take time, so it would be better if we can start sooner. But nothing's going to be quick, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Let's talk more about the beauty of this insect. What is it that's so unique about the monarch, Alan? Yeah, so these are one of our larger butterflies in the state. They are super conspicuous, bright orange and black. They have this classic warning coloration to let things know, don't eat me, I might make you sick, due to some chemicals they um, store in their bodies from their host plants. They eat milkweeds as caterpillars. But what's just really, really unique is that these are a migratory butterfly that know exactly where to go every fall to survive the winter, and then when they migrate back into North America, they don't make it all the way back here. They actually stop in about Texas, where they may lay their eggs and die. Their offspring, some will make it to Illinois, and more of their offspring will even make it here. And then they have a few generations here, and it somehow it's like their great-great-grandkids know how to get back to Mexico without <laughs> ever being given direction. Wow. That's what's super fascinating, in my opinion. In the museum, you, you host an event each year where you tag and release monarch butterflies for their annual migration south. What have you learned from tracking them? Yeah, so uh, we have Flutter into Fall, which this year is going to be September 10th, and we do a demo uh, monarch tagging, which is a big nationwide community science project where people can go online and order stickers if you just look up the monarch tagging project. And you basically place a sticker on a wing, record some data about the monarch where you collected it from, is it male or female, and let it go. And if your monarch is found down in Mexico, uh, you can go online and check that out. So we've been doing that for a few years. We haven't had any of our monarchs recovered yet, but uh, scientists are able to calculate, you know, what are the survival rates of them actually making it down to Mexico? Is this an issue with their life cycle history? Mm -hmm. Um, And where do they come from? Some things they've learned is, is that Chicago, we really are sort of in the heart of their breeding range. So this is a really important part of their range. Yeah. Well, do you anticipate that the, the butterfly's absence is going to change your programming? I don't believe so. We're seeing enough monarchs this year we're going to be able to do the tagging, I'm pretty sure. They'll fly through. Now we're seeing a reduction of them. We're not seeing an absolute absence of them. So, Alan, talk more about what you teach at the museum about the monarch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what we like to teach, it's a great model for studying butterflies in general because it's so conspicuous and obvious and really grabs attention. So we do like to use it uh, to recruit for the Illinois Butterfly Monitoring Network where we're trying to monitor all butterflies. But we also teach how using the monarch, uh, we can share space with nature around us. We're really 
in a city of urban nature, they can use small bits of land, you know, anywhere you can grow a few milkweed stems that can be sort of a rest stop for them um, as they disperse each year. Um, also places in the fall where we can grow flowering plants um, to provide nectar for them flying down to Mexico, that can help as well. So it's a way to just teach how, you know, every little thing we do can help uh, our urban nature around us. The Chicago Tribune published an article last week about a family with a backyard butterfly sanctuary. And the woman who created the sanctuary is Mexican. And uh, monarchs are very culturally significant to Latinx communities, as we've talked a bit about. She told the tribute, quote, it pains me that my children may not get to see and experience their beauty. What do you think about that? I think that would be incredibly painful. I mean, the monarch really is a symbol. It connects three countries together across the continent of North America, so it really would be a shame. But, I mean, there is hope uh, because monarchs have multiple generations a year and each butterfly can lay hundreds of eggs. They do have the ability to rebound if conditions are good. Now, west of the Rockies, monarchs overwinter somewhere in California, and they've actually experienced sharper declines and... um, Part of the IUCN's analysis for listing something as endangered is to try and do a statistical analysis on what is the risk of this actually going extinct. And the numbers actually passed the threshold that we thought was going to cause the extinction of the Western population. However, 2021 data shows that they might be rebounding. So they've shown that maybe our threshold was a little bit too high. Actually, they can survive with a little bit fewer numbers. Yeah. However, if we continue to decline, eventually we'll pass that threshold too. But it just shows that they do have the capacity of recovery. So it is possible to make some good change here. Is there anything that listeners can do to help these beautiful insects? Maybe mm-hmm. creating butterfly gardens and sanctuaries themselves? Yeah, try to provide habitat wherever possible. Plant milkweeds for the caterpillars during the breeding season. Have flowers that bloom in the fall so they have something to drink as um, they're migrating south. Uh, Try to limit your use of pesticides and insecticides because that can always have an unwanted impact. And then also do what you can to try and fight fight climate change. I know that's a big problem, but Mm -hmm. uh, changing weather patterns are a huge issue that they're facing. Is that the big answer here? Is that how we save the monarch? Climate change? In, in my opinion, that, that is a, a big answer. There was a study that came out uh, last year in 2021 using data from the Illinois Butterfly Monitoring Network and three other community science networks within the Midwest that um, modeled monarch declines from 2004 to 2018. Mm-hmm. And the part of their model um, on weather conditions in their summer breeding range was seven times more important than anything else in the model. So, yeah, I really do think this is a place to focus effort. Interesting stuff. Thank you for for sharing this uh, extra information with us. Alan Lawrence is the Associate Curator of Entomology at the Peggy Notabart Nature Museum. We appreciate your time, Alan. All right. Thank you so much. That's all for today's episode. Subscribe to the podcast for more conversations about the news, the economy, the arts, and science. We drop a new episode into your feed every weekday afternoon, and sometimes on Saturdays, too. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.